0: Welcome to the Legally Speaking podcast, powered by Kasoon Car. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Anya Rontala and Emma Sutcliffe. Anya is an M&A expert and corporate partner, and Emma is a top-quality financial markets litigation partner. Both Emma and Anya are partners at the leading law firm, Simmons & Simmons, and together they co-chair Simmons' award-winning women's network, the number one club. So, a very big welcome, Emma and Anya. How are you?
1: Hello. Hello. Very well, Thanks.
0: Good stuff. Pleasure to have you. So before we go through both of your amazing achievements and everything you've achieved in the legal space to date, we do have our customary icebreaker question on the Legally Speaking podcast, which is, on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, how real would you rate the reality series suits in terms of its reality? I'm coming to you first, Emma. (laughs) I've
1: never seen it. I've seen a clip of it. I'm going to go with a minus 10. I don't think I've ever done a case that has taken the five days it seems to take in those
0: sorts of programmes. That's a fair comment. And Anja, what, what would you say? Well,
2: Emma's clearly more highbrow than me. So I, I was quite partial to suits at the beginning. So, but I wouldn't give it much more than a four. I think what confused me, so I'm a corporate lawyer, as you said, Emma's a litigator, and I'm not quite sure what they are. They sort of dabble in corporate, they dabble in litigation. And the other thing is they never seem to have any paper or documents. I mean, mm. that is my life, is paper and documents.
1: So, oh, yeah. yeah, four, I think. Quite yeah. glamorous as well. I'm not sure we're as glamorous. Wow, well, <laughs> on a good
0: day. <laughs> on a good day, indeed. So, we always like to to sort of start at the beginning of, um, you know, our guest journey. So, why don't you sort of tell us both a bit about your backgrounds and how you got into the law. So, Anya, why don't you start?
2: So, it's not a particularly exciting story. So, it wasn't suits that inspired me. I think, showing my age, it was a bit of LA law. So, I think I always wanted to be a lawyer. I'm not quite sure I ever knew really what it meant. I did quite a sort of standard route. I did law and French at university. So, I got to spend a year in the south of France, which was amazing. Went to law school in London and then I got my training contract at Simmons. So, I've been at Simmons my whole career. I actually joined simmons wanting to be an employment lawyer i thought that was going to be my thing but actually i did corporate in my first seat as a trainee and absolutely loved it i loved the excitement of it i liked the problem solving nature of it so yeah it's all quite standard
1: my journey into law i'm afraid
0: well we like standards so uh, and emma how about yourself
1: Yeah, not dissimilar, actually. I mean, I always really enjoyed debating at school and quite liked the idea of coming up with arguments. I didn't have anyone in my family who'd done law. So it was was a bit of a risk, I suppose. But I did a few placements and I really enjoyed them. So I didn't read law at, at university. I read PPE and I sort of followed a similar route to Anya really, but I always had it in mind that I wanted to perhaps be a litigator and considered the bar. But after a, a couple of placements, I decided actually being a solicitor was for me and I did something similar. I trained at another city law firm, but I have been at Simmons now for over 16 years and had most of my professional career here. So it's been great.
0: Great stuff. And you're both partners and, and doing so fantastically well. If you were to say, the best thing you enjoy about your jobs, what would it be? Emma, what would you say?
1: I would say winning a case. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of what a litigator would say, really. And by winning, it's not sort of straightforward as that, but it is the satisfaction of making new law or getting a great result for a client and really working with a team because these things are hugely led by teams. It's not one or two people. It's very much, you know, a group of people. I love that. And that's that's what I really enjoy about it.
0: Great stuff. And how about you, Annie? What would you say is the best thing for you?
2: That no two days are the same. So I've been doing this for, I can't believe I'm saying it, 17 years. And genuinely, I've had no two days that are the same. That's really important for me. It's about people. As Emma said, it's about listening to your clients and putting down on paper what what it is they want. It's about working in teams. For me, that sort of keeps me going um, and has kept me going for about 17 years, as I said.
0: Great stuff. Okay. And as I mentioned in the introduction, um, you both co-chair Simmons & Simmons Women's Network, which I believe celebrated its 10-year anniversary in 2018. So for those not familiar with the initiative, Emma, why don't you start off by telling us a bit about it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So both Anya and I were involved at the beginning and were sort of the original team, as it were, that became part of the number one club. That's the name we give it. And we now call it TNOC for short. And the reason behind that is because of the name of our office at One Roadmaker Street in London, not because we consider ourselves in any position of grandeur. And we didn't want a name that just mentioned women. It was intended deliberately to be inclusive. I think it's fair to say that we've been on quite a journey in the last 12 years. And in that time, Anya and I have certainly moved through our careers and become partners. But we've also seen a very big change in the approach that our women's network does its sort of good deeds, as it were, within the firm. So it started off as, I think, an opportunity for women to come together and talk about some of the challenges that they faced. But now it's much more integrated within the rest of the firm. It's something that is open to all. We do a lot with clients and we've really built up our three pillars, which is probably something that Anya can talk about. Yeah, Anya, tell us a bit more.
2: Well, the three pillars, thank you, Emma. So yeah, so we have three pillars that sort of tracks our evolution. So the first pillar is looking after number one, by reference, obviously, to TNOC. So that is this sort of more internal facing stuff. So training and support for women within the firm and creating networking opportunities for them. Then we have what we call sort of plus one, which sort of tracks our our evolution. So this is organizing events for our clients. So events absolutely open to all all at Simmons, men and women, where we do events for predominantly our female clients. We've got quite an exciting roster of sort of past events. They tend to be focused around speakers or the theater or art that sort of stuff. And then the third pillar, which is our newest pillar, is our collaborating as one pillar. So that's us working with our clients and their women's networks or even helping clients set up their women's networks. It's working with other organizations. So there's a great organization called the Gender Network, which is run by a woman, a fantastic woman called Vanessa Vallely. And that brings together lots of women's networks from across the country. And it's not just law. It's not just finance. It's they have the police, they have armed forces, et cetera. And they meet quarterly to sort of share ideas and sort of just try and come together to sort of push objectives beyond your own organizations. And we work with people like the Law Society. So we helped with the Women in Law Pledge which the Law Society released last year, which encourages law firms to sign up publicly to pledges around gender balance publicly. So including a senior sponsor and ensuring that uh, gender balance features in the way that partners are remunerated, etc. So
0: yes, it's quite a broad spectrum across our three pillars. Great stuff. And thanks for sort of sharing and going into detail around that. What I would like to talk about is it's doing so well, t You're both doing such an amazing job with it and it's doing so much good for the legal community. But to try and inspire others who may want to start an initiative, because you know you have been going for a while now, let's get real. Early on when you started, what were the challenges if you were to do things differently? If you were to give advice to others, what would you suggest? Because you're doing so, so well now, but I can appreciate it probably wasn't mm-hmm. straightforward at the beginning. So Emma, do you want to share a bit more of the journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we'd both put our hands up and say we've made mistakes along the way. And Absolutely learn from those mistakes. I mean, I think what I would say to most people starting out is learn from others. We do that quite a lot with clients. We'll sit down with teams that our clients who are thinking about setting these things up and talk through with them what it is we think they can learn from us about and share those mistakes. And for example, one of those mistakes I think in the beginning was. We did keep it a bit closed into women only. And I think the perception, I think wrongly, but it was a perception, was that it was a bit of a whinging mothers club, which wasn't true and wasn't fair, but that was the way it looked. And I think that's absolutely moved on. It's not just mothers, I should say, that come to those meetings. And it wasn't just about whinging. It was very much about putting sort of serious gender diversity issues on the agenda And so we've had those discussions with clients who are trying to set up their own networks and the importance of bringing men along with you in the journey. Now, we have men on our committee. We think that's really important. And they find it very powerful to go out to clients and spend time speaking to women if they're part of a, a women's network that gives them that access and that platform. It isn't just about women in the firm. I think the other thing that we realized was that everybody is very enthusiastic about this topic and people have really got behind it. It's quite easy to put too much on your plate. And you and I both have full-time jobs and, you know, running a women's network can be a job in itself. So we're very, very careful to make sure that we're clear about our objectives, which we've outlined. And we've also tried not to take on too much and make sure that we have really great events around which we sort of build our profile and increase our network. So the speaker events that we've had, we've had some wonderful speakers over the years, but we try and aim for the sort of really high quality things and do them regularly, but not try to take on too much. I think those are two big things we would say to people starting
0: out. Thank you. That's great, Emma. And Anya, Emma mentions a point there about sort of balancing workload and T not being a, a full-time job in itself. You know, you both run very busy, very successful practices. Again, not to, to sort of scare people off, but maybe to give advice and tips. How do you manage and how do you fit it all in? Because I know yourself, particularly, you've been very, very busy with your practice recently.
2: I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's a $64 million question. I mean, it comes with practice. I say I'm a corporate lawyer by day, but probably more corporate lawyer by night and then co-chair of of (laughs) TNOC during the day. But I think to Emma's point, so we have a really established TNOC committee within the firm. So it broadly covers representatives from across our whole business. So not just the legal departments, but business services and across the range of levels. So from trainees through to partners, and that's been essential. So it's very much a, a team effort. We've tried to sort of not formalize the committee a bit more, but try to give people specific roles on the committee. So it wasn't just sort of me and Emma. So to empower people. So it really is about delegation, trust, and sort of experience. But yeah, I mean, the balancing act is something that just comes with years and years of experience. I'm not sure I've quite got it down yet. But um, it's definitely working together as a team. That's the the huge part of it.
0: Great stuff. I definitely think a lot of people are going to be excited, very much interested following this discussion today. So Emma, how can people get involved with the number one club? Is it just for lawyers within Simmons? You've mentioned it's not just for women and men, but yeah, how can people get involved?
1: Well, I should say it's not just for lawyers as well. I mean, one of the things we tried to make clear at the outset and are certainly focused on more recently is that the whole firm is invited. It's people in other functions, business support, HR, secretaries, anybody can come. And we do sort of make that clear. Anyone can be offered to be on the committee internally, but in terms of people externally, We run lots of events and we sort of do post them on LinkedIn. We're very happy to hear from clients if they want to participate when we have those sorts of events. Both the collaborators one approach and the approach where we invite people on a one-on-one basis. So absolutely put your hands up if you are interested. And Anya and I are always very happy to talk about our experiences. And we also do do sort of public speaking. We do come along to various events. We do offer support to other clients. We've done joint events with clients. And I think that just helps amplify the message a bit better across the city and more widely if you're doing those kinds of things. So very happy to see people get involved.
0: Brilliant. That's great to hear. And Anya, I understand TNOC separates HR issues from the Women's Network. So tell us more about this and why is that so important?
2: Thanks, Rob. So that is really important. And that really, again, tracks the evolution of TNOC. So at the very beginning, I think we did sit around the table and talk about maternity leave, shared parental leave, and other things. That is very much not within the TNOC agenda anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're obviously interested in it and we support those discussions. But I think it's really key for that to be owned by the firm, to be owned by management, because it's not just a women's issue, it's a firm-wide issue. So as well as TNOC, we have a gender balance committee internally, which is um, chaired by our senior partner, who's a huge, huge champion of gender balance at the firm. And I'm not I'm not just saying that. It is genuine. He's won awards. It's true. And it's really important, I think, for an organisation to really shift the dial on gender balance to have sort of senior management advocating and, and really supporting. So on the gender balance committee, that's where we sort of talk about and feed into HR about more HR related matters so that it's not linked to TNOC because I think it almost devalues it a little bit if it's run by a sort of an internal women's network. It's sort of perceived more as a women's issue. So yeah, that's been really key for us.
0: Great stuff. And yeah, thanks again for sharing that. And Emma, coming to you with TNOC, what can other firms take note from TNOC, I guess is my question. What would you say to that?
1: I mean, I think some people... And we do get this challenge occasionally, say, I just I don't think it adds particular value. It's just a group of women discussing issues, but actually we haven't seen any change. And I would refute that. I would say we've seen huge change within our organization in the last 10 years. And I do think that our women's network has had a contributing factor to that. So I think we used to have approximately, I think it was 14% of women in the partnership when we both first started. I think we're now looking at something like 25%. In London. And I think that is a lot to do with putting this issue, this gender balance issue, onto the radar of senior management. Now, I think the discussion is moving on a little bit from gender balance. I think it's moving more towards other types of diversity. And I think that is right. But I think what helps with that is that we, as a women's network, also support our other networks. So, our ethnic minority networks and some of our LGBTQ networks and those sorts of things. And we are able to do that with the benefit of the experience that we bring to the table. So I think that's, that's really valuable. And I do think we've seen change. Change doesn't happen quickly. It's, this has taken 12 years. And, and actually, I would say that's quite fast. So it's absolutely about investing in it as a long-term project.
0: Great stuff. And Anya, I understand that you were recently recognized as a Times top 50 employer for women. So many congratulations. You also received over nine different nominations at the Women in Law Awards. So tell us more about the achievements with the club.
2: Awards are important in a way. We don't do it just for the awards, but the awards are important because I think it's important for for people internally to see what the firm is doing around gender balance beyond just seeing the sort of the women at the partnership table and in senior positions. It's important for recruitment. Obviously, you know, the lifeblood of our firm is the trainees and training them up and getting them through up to partnerships. So it's really important from that perspective. For the seventh year, we've won or been listed in the Times Top 50 Employers for Women. 2020, we won a few law firms. That means a lot because it's sort of external recognition for all the good work that we're doing. And as you say, we've been shortlisted for, in I think it's seven categories, as you say, in the Women in Law Awards. I think the winners are announced in in November. So we wait with bated breath. And I think I mentioned earlier as well that We also get recognition for our sort of male champions. Um, I'm not sure that people love that term, but our male supporters. So Colin Passmore, our senior partner, was ranked in the HEROES, capital H-E-R, 50 advocates for his achievement in uh, championing gender balance and equality. So again, super important to us. But really, to Emma's point earlier, really the sort of the recognition that we need is seeing the numbers improving in the partnership. So we've really seen an increase and we are seeing a lot more. So over 40% of our internal partner promotions over the last good few years have been female. So it's those things that I think really drive us.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. And congratulations again on all of those achievements, because they, they are important and what you're doing deserves to be recognised. And Emma, how have you found that sort of running TNOT has had a positive effect on your practice? And has it made you a sort of better lawyer in the process?
1: I should say I do it because I really passionately believe in it. Um, And it's always been something that I felt very strongly about even before I became a lawyer, that it was unclear to me why all these brilliant women around me were not achieving their full potential for no obvious reason. So it's been a long term passion of mine. And so I do it for that reason. So, in terms of having a positive effect, it's actually been enjoyable, but it's also been really helpful for my career. I mean, it gave me access to a network that I wouldn't have had. I knew my team around me, but I didn't necessarily know the other people in the firm. And it just instantly gives you that access and experience. And it makes you feel as though you're not alone on certain issues. So, that was really helpful and supportive. But I think as diversity has become much more of a higher priority within firms, I think that also meant that we had a voice. And an interesting point of view that I think has helped push my career forward and actually, frankly, raised my profile, which was really helpful. And I think nowadays, you know, gender balance isn't something that sits at the bottom of a list that, you know, it would be a nice thing to do if we could. It's absolutely front and center of most firms' priorities in terms of recruitment, promotion and retention. So it has been fantastically helpful for me and a really great experience if i chip in there as
2: well if i may the other thing is it gives you great access to clients and look we're lawyers and we depend on our clients so it's given us the real opportunity Emma and I to really get to know clients and sort of get into the dna of clients if it's not too naff a thing to say so i think it's really important and i think it really helped us when we were associates and giving us access to clients at that level and mm-hmm. i think it really did help us with our sort of partnership track so it's the networking element, both internal and external, that the network really gives. I think it's really a vital element.
0: Yeah. And I guess on that then, Emma, what, what sort of positive effects? You've talked about you know, the internal promotions and partner promotions, and that's great. But what other sort of positive effects do you think TNOC has had within Simmons generally?
1: So I think it's taken some concepts that were originally regarded as not a firm issue and put them firmly at the centre of of consideration by senior people. So In the beginning, it was about things like, are we treating our maternity return as well? Are we putting the right people forward for promotion? Are we supporting the people who perhaps need better training, different training? Are we looking at the way that we work, you know, work-life balance? And those things have definitely become front and centre of what the firm does. We have... Probably more people than we can normally accommodate are coming to our committee meetings. Some of these issues are things women are now fully engaging on, but also are men. I think people feel energised when they have people around them and can bounce ideas off. And a great example of that was we ran a very short notice, um, an internal event to mark the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the States. Um, Very influential on a lot of us. And a lot of us felt quite moved by her loss and not really being in a position to mourn it the way you might we saw a very short notice event and people came together, obviously on Zoom. And we talked about some of the impact she's had both in terms of the law, but also just how she was a role model. And I think those kinds of events are very inspiring. People contribute their views. We hear different thoughts about what we can take away from that. And we go off and we do that in our day to day roles. So I think it has really energizing effect when we can talk about those topics in that way. The other thing I think the positive effect is that, again, this is a bit naff, but it puts sort of gender on the
2: agenda as it were. And by that, I mean, I think it just makes people think twice. So they sort of look at the teams that they're putting together for pitches and for panels and so forth. I think it just puts it front and centre and just makes sure that we're involving all our great female colleagues in in sort of pitches and, and that sort of thing. Sort of just, I think, empowers people to have those conversations. So for me, that's that's very important. And I really hope that we see that with our Emerge network, which is our BAME network, to sort of make race and ethnicity a thing that people feel more comfortable talking about within the firm.
0: Brilliant. And Anya, if I can come back to you, um, Emma very kindly sort of shared the challenges, the start of the journey and, and what it's basically taken for you to get to to this level. I guess let's look at the positives, the future, with all the knowledge you've amassed and 12 years of sort of running TNOC, you know, what does the future look like? What are the aspirations? Where do you want to be?
2: Good question. So, I mean, we're almost like plotting our own demise. Almost, I'd love to get to a, a stage where we don't need a women's network because we've reached sort of uh, equality and gender balance. Mm. I mean, that would be brilliant. But yes. Yeah, so, what what do we do? So, I think it's continuing our evolution. So, sort of learning as we're going along. I think it's really key this point about being inclusive and not just being about women. Encouraging even more men to become part of our committee and to attend more of our events. I mean, I would say 40% of the attendees at our events now are male, if not sometimes 50%, which is great. Continuing to work with our clients. So, you know, we've all heard about ESG. Um, It's a huge agenda item for all businesses and, and boardroom agendas. So this is about looking at the impact that organizations have on the world from an environmental, social and governance perspective. It is becoming a real Hot topic or a hotter topic, the drivers for this are sort of numerous. So, there's lots of regulation coming down the pipe that will affect particularly asset managers. I think there is a real push from sort of stakeholders, so uh, employees, et cetera, investors, to make sure that companies have sort of good ESG credentials. And I think D&I, gender balance, et cetera, I think forms a big part of the S. So, organizations are really looking at the the balance that they have on their boards and within their organizations. So, as ESG comes further up the agenda, I think it will, for the boardroom, I think it will push the, the d agenda even further. So it's exciting times. And I've just got to mention one thing, Emma is going to absolutely kill me for saying this, but it's my favourite thing that I've been posting on LinkedIn all week about. So um, anybody who's read LinkedIn knows that Legal 500 came out last week, Lawyer Upon Lawyer is posting where they've been ranked in quotes, but I really think Emma's quote trumps everybody. So this is from a client about Emma. I'm just going to read it. So Emma Sutcliffe is excellent. We know that. She's got the fighting spirit of a samurai warrior combined with the brains of a rocket scientist. Now that is something to aspire to.
1: And yeah, I'm going to quite the for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for, for sort of highlighting that with us. So Emma, as we wrap up, I'm, I'm sure this episode has definitely inspired lots of people to perhaps want to get involved or follow. So if people do want to follow, get in touch about anything we've discussed today, what's the best way platform for them to do that? Feel free to shout out any web links or relevant social medias. We'll also share them with this episode as well, but go for it.
1: Yeah. So Anya and I regularly post on LinkedIn and we're always very happy to hear from people that way. If you do work for a firm in the city and you've heard of us, we're always happy to speak to anyone who's thinking of setting up a network or is thinking of running events for networks equally if they would like to partner on running events. We always love to consider and hear different views about that. There's also detail on our external website about our our women's network. So again, the number one club or TNOC, um, so anyone can get in touch um, through that route.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks a million, Anya and Emma. It's been a real pleasure having you both on the Legally Speaking podcast, wishing you both lots of continued success with your legal careers and all things TNOC. I'm sure we'll be speaking with you again in the future. But for now, a massive thank you and over and out.